Hey everyone, this is Jim, and you're listening to the Faith Tested by Fire podcast. Okay, welcome back, and I hope everything is well with you, wherever you are, and whatever time that you listen to this. One of the, um, I had a, a, a breakthrough last week that I'd like to share with you, and it will make this particular section of scripture hopefully come more alive in your own thinking and in your own life. In the book of Romans, it's talking about Abraham in the fourth chapter, and it says that he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. Now, here's an interesting thing. Um, Years ago, I heard a story about a salesperson who was new to a company, and he was being sent into a a district. I don't even remember uh, what he was selling at this point. I just, the story stays with me because it's applicable to so many things. But they had an area that was just terrible um, as far as sales go. And um, whenever they uh, brought new salespeople in or promising salespeople, they told them that they'd like them to try this area. It was very difficult, and and very few um, people had sold anything, let alone been successful in it. And... um, when a new, a new salesperson came in, they decided that they were just going to put this guy in this area without telling him what a difficult area it was. They were going to do a test and see what happened. And as it turns out, the guy broke all the sales records that year in that area. And it was amazing uh, what he did. And um, the head of the company contacted him after that and wanted to talk to him about his methods and this man got promoted, and wherever he went, he broke records. So here's the thing. We look at people like that sometimes, and we think of the word anomaly comes to mind. It's They're not the average person. They have something special. And I believe as a believer, you have something special. You have the Spirit of God on the inside of you. So the thing is, is that we often base our expectations based on the experiences of other people. So if somebody tells you something's going to be hard, you gear up for hard. If something tells you something's going to be impossible, you gear up for impossible. Maybe somebody's not telling you anything, but you just hear stories of other people, what their experiences are, and you base your expectations on their experiences. Well, what if you never met a Christian person in your life? All you did was have the Bible and the New Testament. Imagine how your expectations would be different because when you read the Bible and you look at the experience of of people, sometimes you see two different things. And earlier on in my Christian experience, I decided to follow the people who were experiencing above average results in their experience as far as praying and faith and knowing God. I wanted to know what they knew. And a lot of those people couldn't tell you, couldn't tell you, or they tried to, but um, the results weren't duplicatable. 
And after some time, I realized something that, you know, the experience that a person has with God, it's not like going to college and you learn something and then you graduate and you move along. Because in college, um, I mean, there's just books of information and there's somebody lecturing. And even though that's the norm, the disciples had a totally different experience. They met Jesus and... The learned people of the day, when they went around doing miracles, they said, where, where has these people, where did they come from? They never went to school. They were never formally trained. That's what the Pharisees and the Sadducees thought. The only thing they had in common was they had been with Jesus. And I realized that God offers us a unique personal relationship. And you can take advantage of it and choose to set your focus on him, the person, and on all of the promises that he made in the Bible. And you can choose to tune out everybody's opinion and find out for yourself whether this is true, whether this works or not. Or you could lose yourself in commentary after commentary, and you can be in one of the outer circles. Everybody is in the kingdom of God, but there's different circles. Jesus had three people in his inner circle, James, John, and Peter. But the other disciples did miracles too, but um, there were times that Jesus only invited those three to have special experiences. And I like to think that the reason why he did that is because that's what they wanted. I think if one of the other disciples said, hey, can I come with you? Please let me in. They knocked on the door, so to speak. The door will be open. The Bible says, ask and shall be given you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door shall be open. Because everyone who asks receives, not most people, not some people, not even obedient people, because the obedience is the actual part of asking. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you'll find. Not seek and the chances go way up. No, seek and you'll find. Knock and the door shall be open to you. For everyone that asks receives, everyone that seeks finds, and everyone who knocks, the door is open to him. That's in the Bible. The Bible says, In all things whatsoever you ask in prayer believing, Matthew 21, 21, you shall receive. There's no ands, ifs, buts, or maybes. That was all added later on in order to explain away failure to receive. That's my personal opinion because that's the only opinion you can have other than God left out something. See, we add things to the Bible that aren't there, right? We, In other words, if that was us, some of us would have said, ask all things whatsoever you ask in prayer, believing, if it's God's will, you shall receive. Well, I believe it's impossible to believe without seeing. In other words, you can't believe and see the results. Now, you may say, try and reason it out. Well, if God wants you to believe, he'll give you the faith. I believe God does want you to believe because here's the thing. This isn't a, a closed book. This isn't like any other subject that you will ever study in your entire life. Because we study subjects, at least in our culture, based on other people's experiences in the past based on contemporary experiences in the present. But see, God is different. He exists 
in all time. He exists now. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So you can have the same relationship, as good a relationship with God in your own experience with Jesus through the Holy Spirit is as you want. I really, truly believe that. But we lower our expectations because of doubt and unbelief and fear. And see, this is where we learn. It says we go from grace to grace, from faith to faith, one experience to the next. And that is where we bear the fruit of a walk of faith. So the other week, um, I had an experience. Now, leading up to this time, I spent a lot of time behind a computer screen, monitor, keyboard. Uh, with my particular business, we build websites for local businesses, and we help them with online marketing and things like that. And I was getting these shoulder aches, neck aches, and headaches. And I tried different chairs. I tried praying. Didn't seem to work. And uh, just different things to help alleviate the pain. Eventually, it got to the point where I didn't even really pray about it anymore. Well, I did pray. And then I would take an aspirin, and the pain would go away. And then I suddenly realized I was taking these ibuprofen. I think I'm pronouncing ibuprofen, pronouncing that right. And um, anyway, what happened was um, I was also going out on Mondays, my day off. I would go out with my uh, dad for lunch. When I would come home, I would have the same pain in my shoulders, neck, and head as I had when uh, I was sitting behind the computer all that time. So I thought, I can't just be the computer. Maybe it's the side. Just... You know, all these thoughts came. You're getting older. The body isn't as strong as it used to be. And I would take these pills. And, and sooner or later, I was taking these aspirin or pain relievers, whatever you want to call them, about five days a week. And I thought, this isn't good. And then I heard the testimony of somebody who um, was healed after 30 days for uh, a bad eyesight couldn't see it all out of one eye and the other eye was like 2250 and they were talking about how they determined they were going to stand and not budge and commit themselves to have total faith in God no matter what they experienced or what they felt and I looked at that and I thought to myself total faith in God and so when you look at a, a scripture verse like this he staggered not at the promise through unbelief. So unbelief looks to God for the answer, and then if we don't see the result, then we go to plan B or plan C. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with, and I don't want to call this a backup plan, but I don't want to say there's anything wrong with if your head hurts laying down or even taking an aspirin, so to speak. But you see that it says here, Abraham was strong in faith. Some translations say grew strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. And I thought, you know, <clears throat> this is a minor thing, but I mean, it's not a big deal to take an aspirin when you have a headache. But when the headaches come every day after a while, it starts to get old 
and knowing that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and knowing what the Bible says and still not experiencing any of that gets, in, at least to me, gets annoying, makes you angry. And so finally, I, I talked to God about it. And I said, Lord, I am going to lay hands on my own neck and head. And I'm going to pray. And I'm asking you to send your power into my body. But here's what I did different. I must have prayed that prayer about, I don't know, how many times over the last year or so. I thought, I'm making a commitment no matter how bad the pain gets, no matter how stiff my neck and shoulders get, I'm going to believe and I'm fully persuaded that you're able to make the manifestation happen, whether it's a second or a week or a month or longer. I am fully persuaded that you're not going to forget about it, that you're not going to put it off till later, so to speak. I'm saying this to myself and to God, and that I can rely on you, and I don't have to keep messing with this because I'm sick of this. And I don't care how bad the pain gets. I'm not going to look to the medicine bottle anymore. I'm looking to you. I laid hand, hands on my neck, and I prayed. I spoke to the pain. I commanded to get out of my body in Jesus' name. Very simple. And then I went on working. The pain and the stiff stiffness, soreness, the headache, it was all gone within 15 to 20 minutes. So that was a week ago after it being there every day to one degree or another for over a year, and it's totally gone now. Now you see, the expectation that I had when I prayed was it's normal to have aches and pains, because when you get older, you have aches and pains. You know, here's the thing. I don't even know why I bought that lie, because my Aunt Helen, who lived to be 104, used to sit on the floor Indian style and never had aches and pains. Matter of fact, she was only in the hospital like one time in her life up until about 100. And the only issue she had, she never had good eyesight. God just blessed her. She followed the scripture which said the first, prom, um, the first scripture with promise was about honoring your parents and you'll live long. Well, she was supposed to be married after her fiancé came back from the First World War, she was born in 1894. But uh, he didn't make it back in one piece, and he died shortly afterward in Arizona after inhaling mustard gas on the front lines. Instead of marrying, she cared for her parents the rest of their lives, while the other children <clears throat> excuse me, married and had family. She didn't. took care of her parents. God honored that. It's the first scripture with promise in the Bible, and she had a long life. So, now, I don't want to make that into a, um, a, a separate teaching or anything like that. I'm just saying that God's not mocked when what we sow, we reap. So, it, it makes you think, it makes me think that how many things do we put up with that God doesn't want us to put up with? But you see, some people have passive faith instead of aggressive faith. Now, my definitions of passive faith are a little different than it used to be maybe 
even a few years ago. Because I believe that in our own strength, we can't do much of anything. I believe that we have to put both eyes on God and be fearless relative to the answer coming to pass. We can't have plan B. We're just fearless. We're like the people in the book of Revelation who said they overcame the blood of the Lamb by the blood of the Lamb. They overcame Satan by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. These were fearless believers going through tribulation. And I believe that it's easy to be lazy, but I can tell you testimony after testimony of people who just determine it's going to be as it's written. There's no excuses, no room for failure. It's going to be as it's written in this situation in my life. And they say it in their heart. They set their heart on the rock of what God promised. And 100% of their faith is in him. They're not looking at their own faith, in other words. I think of the story when Peter walked on the water. As long as he looked at Jesus, he didn't see the wind and the waves. He walked on the water, but immediately... It says, after he saw the winds and the waves boisterous, he began to get afraid and he started to sink. And I believe that's what it comes down to. God hasn't given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And I believe with all my heart now, based not just on the scriptures, which is what you have to base everything upon, but when your own experience lines up with the scriptures, then you have a truth that nobody can take from you. Are you following what I'm saying? And you know, the enemy always tries to come back. Jesus said that. When he can't, a spirit is cast out of somebody, it goes into dry places, looking for rest and seeking for rest and finding none. It comes back and finds the house that it was in, empty, swept, and clean. It goes out and it finds several other spirits worse than itself, and they occupy that house, and the state of the person is even worse than it was in the beginning. So the principle there is that you have to stay filled with God, filled with the light, the light of God's word. Bible says the entrance of thy words bring light. So Abraham against hope believed in hope. In other words, hope is the manifestation. It's in the future. But we can't control when that future becomes our present. We can't control whether it's five minutes away or one minute away. And we think that if we had more faith, it would happen quicker. And that's like a circular type of thinking because then you start moving from believing in what you can't see to using what you can see as a barometer of your faith. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. If you're looking for seen things to show you and prove to you that your faith is real and alive, forget about all that and instead latch hold of a scripture or some simple scriptures. For example, the Bible says Jesus is the author and finish, finisher of our faith. In other words, God's put his own faith in you. That's why you believe in Jesus. Jesus asked Peter, who do you say that I am? Before he asked that question, he said, asked him, who do men say that I am? And, well, some say John the Baptist, risen from the dead. Some say an Old Testament prophet. And he said, but who do you say? He said, I say you're the Christ. You're the Son of God. And what does the Bible say? Flesh and blood, Jesus said, has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. So when you look at these scriptures, by his stripes we were healed. That doesn't make any sense to people. Some people try and blow that off and say, well, that's just spiritual healing. 
You know, if you look in books written prior to the 1800s, there's no such thing as the word spiritual healing anywhere in any type of literature. There is no such thing as spiritual healing. Spiritual healing is kind of like saying, well, it's the invisible part that's healed, not the physical part. But when the men lowered their friend who was on the bed down through the shingles in the roof into the presence where Jesus was teaching, Jesus saw their faith and he said, whether is it easier for me to say, son, thy sins be forgiven thee or rise up and take up your bed and walk. Jesus came to bring total healing. Where it doesn't any good if you heal the physical body, but the inward man doesn't receive God's life. And it doesn't do any good for the outward man if the inward man is restored, but the outward man is sick and diseased and infirmed. Yes, you have to grow older, but you don't have to grow sick and old. The Bible says that Moses, after he was 100 years old, he said his natural force was not abated and his eyesight was not dim. Now, does everybody receive the best? Absolutely not. But that's not a barometer of what you're going to get. You can get whatever you want. That's what I'm trying to put out there to you. God prepares us a table in the midst of our enemies, and you can partake of whatever you want to partake of. It's between you and God. That's the thing. Whatever you get or don't get. It's the same thing with salvation. Nobody will be able to stand in the judgment and say, you never sent the right people to me to proclaim the gospel. That's why I didn't believe. That's why I'm condemned. It's God's fault. Nobody will be able to say that. God gives everyone a chance. You following what I'm saying? Everyone has, it's up to you. So if you get in the door, don't just camp by the door, come in all the way. Right? Jesus stands at the door and knocks. You can have any type of relationship you want. It can be as deep as you want. So just remember, even though we're all human, those who believe. We're still human. We still make mistakes, still sin, still do the stupidest things sometimes. The same thing happened in the book of Acts. Paul rebuked Peter for being a hypocrite, even though he'd been filled with the Holy Ghost already, done miracles. He was still a man. The Bible says Elijah was a man with like passions such as we, but yet he prayed and it did not rain for a space of three years. It was three and a half years. Then he prayed again, and it did. You know, the Bible says in the book of James, who grew up in the household with Jesus, they're pretty sure that's the James who wrote that book, the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord will raise them up, and, and, if he has committed any sins, they shall be forgiven. See, healing and forgiveness both go together because God made the spirit and the body. And so he provides deliverance from evil from both. And the nice thing is, when this body finally wears out, you have a new one waiting for you on the other side. Can't tell you much more than that. Don't know much more than that, but you can see that in the Bible too. Okay, I'm going to keep it short today. I have a busy day. I usually publish this on Tuesday, but didn't have the opportunity to yesterday. So I sat down today, which is Wednesday, to put this podcast together. Thank you for listening. God bless you. As always, if you want an update every time a new podcast is released, please go to the main website at www.faithtestedbyfire.com. Sign up there. 
Again, that address is www.faithtestedbyfire.com. This is Jim. Thanks for listening. God bless.